wanted to, Jody didn't ask me to introduce her, her, but I wanted to introduce you. You have a great speaker today, too. I'm going to say amen. amen. Uh, Jody is, um, is the one that led me to the Lord she's going to share today. And um, she's going to be talking about a generous life. And um, she has taught me so much about that. Um, if you ever meet certain people that God just gets a hold of them, and when you talk about giving or putting God first with those things, have no hesitation. They just, you know, God, you know, has taught them the benefit of following Him in that way. Jody is my example in this, and I think she's been an example to a lot of people who know her. Um, she's just not just preaching about it because, thank God, we have God's Word. You don't have to make stuff up. Um, but a generous life is what will transform your heart and your life. And Jody is someone who I've not only been married to for um, our whole marriage. I'm kidding. <laughs> for, a, for a long time. I think I've been married longer than I've not been married. And um, But I just, I just remember, especially in those early years where we were talking about giving or doing something, giving, you know, giving. And I'd want to, but she'd do it. Like, I'd have it in my mind. I'd go, yeah, it'd be nice if we did that. She goes, oh, good, because I wrote the check. <laughs> How much? And not just money, but just with time, with energy. Um, so let's hear it for Jody Van Rie. Thanks, Dave. Good morning. I have to say I'm really surprised that there's anybody here. I thought everybody would be home preparing for their big Super Bowl party today. How many of you are Broncos fans? That was weak. How many of you are Broncos fans? That's good. How many of you are Panthers fans? Oh, I'm surprised. How many of you could not care less about <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> How many of you just watch the Super Bowl for the commercials? You know, you can do that the next day online. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> just thought I'd save you a few hours. Anyway, um, thank you for coming this morning. I'm really excited to bring this message because I, I am really passionate about this. Um, I am a reformed miser, and I am a reformed, I don't know what you'd call a stingy person. Um, but I have seen the Lord over and over and over amaze me with his faithfulness in this. And so, you know, this whole theme, we've been talking about being fully satisfied and finding our purpose. And really, that, that truly is the only way that we will ever be satisfied. We cannot be satisfied with the things of this world. They, they call out to us and they try to woo us in and they try to draw us. But ultimately, they all lead, everything that the world has to promise us leads to disappointment. How many of you know this firsthand? How many of you have tried pretty much everything that the world has to offer and found it empty? Well, that's definitely the case for me. And um, so today I want to talk about the key to purpose, living a generous life. So could you just join me in pray? And I want to invite the Holy Spirit in. Lord, I, I thank you for this opportunity to bring your word and to bring truth. Lord, I just humble myself before you and I only want to speak as though speaking the very words of God. 
I just ask, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord. I pray for these beloved people, Lord, that you would bless them, God. Open their hearts and, and challenge them, Lord, in the areas where, God, maybe they're not free. I just invite a spirit of reconciliation, Lord, and a spirit of enlightenment and truth and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a key to a generous life. Can you read this together with me? Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Is it up here? Can you guys read this with me out loud? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Take that in for a minute. This is the God that we serve. Throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament, we see God giving over and over and over. He gave his own son. James 1.5, read this with me, if you would, please. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Just another example of God giving generously. I pray this prayer a lot. You know, I ask for wisdom often. If you ever ask me if I need prayer for anything, a lot of times that's, that's what I will ask, because I know that... You know, we, we, have, we have these notions and maybe ways of thinking that have been developed throughout our lives, either through our parents or, or through our, our experiences. And so many of the ways that we think are contrary to the ways of the Bible, right? So many of the ways that we think are, are the opposite of how God wants us to think. And that's one of the areas um, in the area of generosity that I think... The world really encourages us to hold on to things, to just protect ourselves and to keep things close. But the Lord, it says over and over and over through the Bible, he gives generously. It says in the Proverbs, it says that the godly love to give. So if you are a child of God, this is an area where God wants to, to stretch you and he wants you to to be more like him in generously giving without finding fault. That's the part for me that I love so much because we can find fault in ourselves. That's not hard to do, is it? We have self-condemnation and we have lies from the past and all these things that cloud our vision. But it says that when we ask for wisdom, God gives generously without finding fault. In Joel chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Rend your heart and not your garments. See, in, in ancient times, when people were repenting or mourning, they would rip their clothing as a sign of, of remorse or sorrow or mourning. Here he's saying, Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Aren't you thankful for that? That he is so gracious and compassionate, that he is slow to anger and abounding in love, rich in love. That's our God. 
Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Think about that. God is the one who determines how you can produce wealth. It's God who determines that. Not your boss. Not your business. I mean, we can be foolish with the resources God God gives us, but ultimately it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Proverbs 19.17 Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. Just want to challenge you, if you are a person who who wants to be blessed by the Lord, you know, he is very concerned about the poor. And I think, you know, sometimes we see the people sitting out on the street begging, and I know that there are scammers that sit on the street and beg. They probably make more money than all of us in one day sitting there begging. But there are legitimate poor, as you know, in this world. You know, it, in, in our church in the Philippines, Kevin ministers to those in the slums, Kevin and Shanna. These people who make no money because of no fault of their own, but if God is giving us the ability to produce wealth, it says that he will reward us if we bless the poor. So I just want to challenge you and encourage you that if you aren't currently giving to an organization or, or to the poor, the Lord will reward you if you do this. He is very concerned about those who are going without. Right? So because our God is generous, we also should be generous because we are being conformed to him. We're being conformed to his image. He created us in his image. Right? And everything in life detracts from that and takes us away from that. But it says we are being conformed to him. Can you read this out loud with me, please? Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The verse preceding this is one that we love to quote all the time, right? Anybody know what it is? Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. Absolutely true. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We are called to be conformed to the image of Jesus, who gave all, who gave it all. Did he not? That is the God that we serve, a God who is completely generous. First Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Let me read that again. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. That's one of the things that, that as Eric was uh, mentioning earlier, I have learned throughout the years. 
I know it sounds so cliche, you hear it all the time, but it is true, you cannot outgive God. You absolutely cannot outgive God. There's a pastor uh, in Texas, he pastors a large church called the Gateway Church, and he came to our convention several years ago and talked about giving. He talked about sacrificial giving, how he started out just you know, giving 10% of his income. Pretty soon he and his wife decided that they were going to up that amount to 20% of their income. And he said that they have con consistently continued to increase that and increase that. It got to the point where he was giving away homes. He has given away, I don't know how many cars, airplanes. He's had a few airplanes that he's given away, and God just continues to bring things into his life. Not because his heart is set on those things, because you know, obviously where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, but we don't want our heart to be set on cash. But the lifestyle of generosity encompasses everything. It encompasses our hearts, it encompasses our money, it encompasses our time, and everything <clears throat> where it says, Pardon me. It says, everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. This is talking about ourselves, too, not just resources, not just finances, but also our, our hearts and our lives. So what do we need to do to live a generous life? What do we need to do? Exactly. We need to trust God. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Number one, we need to have a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, Give generously to him and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There's a lot of strong language here. Give generously to God and do so without a grudging heart. You know the very first instance of a tithe, a 10%, came 400 years before the giving of the law? Did you know that? I mean, it is in the law. It's, it's mandated in the, in the Old Testament. But it's not something that we want to have to live under, like it's this thing that... Oh, now I have to give God 10%. It's not with a grudging heart. It's not with, with this attitude of, oh, man. It's like, Lord, you've given me everything. You've given me everything I want to give back to you, Lord. I want to give to your people. I want to have a generous heart. It says, give generously to him. Do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, because of not giving with a grudging heart, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, remember this. Okay, anytime in the Bible where it says, remember this, what should we do? Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. I have a group of people that I absolutely love dearly, and it's kind of a little mission field that I have. 
It's over at uh, Starbucks on 1300 East. My baristas. I love those people. And when I first started going in there, um, they were really guarded. I mean, they were, they were cordial and they were professional and everything. But I started, as I started to have a burden for them and a passion for them, and I started to pray for them individually and it started to get to know them, started to find out about their lives. And I started to give my heart over to them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean by that? You know, there are people you come in contact with and, and you may like them and you may do business with them, but there's a different thing with having a generous heart and kind of giving yourselves to people. Do you understand what I mean by that? Yeah. And I started, I started to just ask the Lord to, to continue to burden me for these people and to be generous. The Lord has challenged me so much to be generous with them. And so I'm not the greatest at baking and that kind of thing. But I started every once in a while just taking them. I, I have my daughter Rebecca bake it and then I take it in there. <laughs> take the <laughs> no, she comes with me. <clears throat> but regularly I'll bring them. Like, have you guys ever heard of coin them on? The first time I ever tried it, I think I was with Courtney and Murph, and uh, they gave me a piece of it, and I began to weep. It was so delicious. Um, but, I, but one day, I, just, I was driving by this little Bake 360, and I thought, I'm going to bring that to my peeps at Starbucks. So I just brought it. I had them cut it up into pieces, and I brought it to them. And I am seeing the walls melt and I'm seeing them open up and I'm seeing them respond and then another day I had uh, Rebecca bake something absolutely delicious and we took it over there and this one barista pulled me aside and she said why are you doing this and I said to be honest with you because I love you guys so much she just kind of looked at the ways of the Lord are opposite of the ways of this world. And you know, there is, a, there is a proverb that says that a gift opens the way for the giver. And they all know, well, I, I don't know if all of them know, but I think, I think rumor has it that, that I'm a pastor. And I haven't crammed anything down their throats as far as, you know, any, I mean, I'm not going in there with my Bible preaching at them to repent. <laughs> I'm waiting for those opportunities. And every once in a while when the opportunity comes, I'll just give them a little bit, a little nugget. That's like my little, one of my little mission fields. And I just encourage you, too, that the people that you come in contact with regularly, surprise them with generosity. It will blow them away. It is not the way of this world. You know, typically when people give something in the world, they give it because they're expecting something back. Right? Isn't that the way most people give? There's, there's a string attached. The only string that we need to have is that we want to honor God and we want to love people, loving God and loving people. That's what our mission is here at The Adventure, is to love him first 
and to love others. And I'll tell you that when you start to get into the lives of people who are lost and broken, God will continue to give you a heart of generosity toward them. He will continue to give you a burden and a desire to get to know them. And I just want to challenge you in this. This week, blow somebody away with your generosity. Not for accolades for yourself, but to give honor and glory to God. You know where it says in Matthew, let your light shine so that people may see your good works and glorify the Father. Not to glorify you, but to glorify him. Because all the praise and the honor and the glory goes to him, right? So if you plant a few seeds, which is kind of what my little treats are to these Starbucks baristas, those, those are, that's my little crop. I shouldn't say it's a few seeds. I mean, it's a, it's a small thing for me to give it to them. But I, I ultimately, I do, the only string I have attached is I want to see them all come to know the Lord. I want to see them come to Christ. That's my goal. That's my whole desire. And that should be our desire as believers, is to see the lost one for his glory. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, You must decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Again, this is talking about not having a grudging heart, not having a reluctant heart, but giving generously because it's so fun. I'm telling you, it is so much fun to give. And God will replenish it. That's his promise. He will never leave us begging for bread. That when we give and we're generous, that if we do it with a pure heart, what are the reasons that that keep us from giving? What are some of the reasons that we don't give? I'm sorry? Fear. Fear. Huge. Fear is is a liar. I always say fear is a terrible counselor. Fear will take you places that you should never go. Fear is the opposite of faith. And fear will keep us from giving. What are, what are some other reasons we don't give? Selfishness. Selfishness. Totally. Because we want more for ourselves. But there's a proverb, <clears throat> excuse me, it says that the, that the wise man gives and becomes richer still. But the poor man holds on to what he has and loses it all. What are some other reasons? Bitterness. Bitterness. Yeah. We're bitter. We don't want to give. Why should I give? Why should I give to that person? We don't forgive, so we can't give. You know, they're, they're attached. They're connected. Forgiveness and giving. And I'll get into that a little bit later. What are some other reasons why we don't give? Yeah. Greed. Greed? Yeah. I think we don't, we don't really... As Americans, I don't think we really think that we're very greedy. I think that we, we feel a little bit entitled. But, you know, what we, what we consider um, being poor is really nothing compared to the rest of the world. We are all rich. Every single person in this room, we are rich. I know you probably don't think of yourself as rich, but we are. 
But it says God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And that is the thing if we withhold. If we withhold our hearts and we withhold our, our cash <laughs> and ourselves, we aren't going to be cheerful in our giving. We're going to be reluctant. And then it's a lose-lose because you lose your, your resources and then you lose the blessing. Right? What are some other reasons why we don't give? Pride. Yeah. Pride. Pride? Hmm. Yeah. I guess so. We don't want to give because we think we deserve it, maybe. We think it's owed to us. I'm sorry? Oh. Oh, judgment. Yeah. Pride. Self-righteousness. Thinking that, hmm, well, I've worked for my money. Yeah, that's good. That's good. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Are you a cheerful giver? Do you like to give things away? And I'm not talking about your junk. I think I shared this story with you guys. <laughs> One time, I cleaned out my closet. Well, it was when we lived in California, and the kids at the time were... I think Re- Rebecca was a newborn and Rachel was two and Joshua was four and Caleb was six. And I was a little bit overwhelmed as a young mommy and um, I had cleaned out some closets and had just trash bags full of clothing out in the garage. And I wanted to get those trash bags out of that garage. They were taking up so much room. So I was putting them in the car and, and I started to get this little arrogant little prideful little thing like I'm going to take these down to the poor so I'm loading my car up taking them down and as I got to the it was the rescue mission in San Jose and as I was unloading these bags the Holy Spirit said to me you realize that all you're doing is taking out your trash to stay arrogant when you hear that so clearly. It was just so convicting. It was so convicting. In a good way. And then I, I went in and, and um, the, the director of the rescue mission there had previously been my boss at a Christian bookstore. And I went in and he started showing me pictures of this, uh, this slum that he had gone to in Mexico and these little kids that have one piece of clothing like this one this one stands out in my mind it was this little boy all he had on was a, a long t-shirt that was the only thing he owned and here I am packing up my junk okay I'm a, I'm a borderline hoarder I'll just confess that right now I'm a little bit of a hoarder so when I give stuff away it's kind of a miracle so um <laughs> But I decided at that point that I wanted to give sacrificially. I didn't want to just give away my trash. I wanted to give away the best that I had. I wanted to give it away with a cheerful heart, not reluctantly, but also not arrogantly. I'm not pointing at you because <laughs> you're like, I knew she was going to point me out. Proverbs 11:24. one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another holds, withholds unduly, 
but comes to poverty. This is the one I was referencing. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. You know, there are times where we can give and kind of demand that God gives back. So I just want to encourage, if you, if you give with that motivation, God is not obligated to give you more. But when you freely give, just freely give, recognizing that none of it belongs to you really anyway. It all belongs to him. Uh, Mark 12. This is, I really want to focus on this. This story here. Mark 12, 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple sanctuary or the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came in, put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put everything, all that she had to live on. You think about this story, fast forward to modern day. Here's this little widow. Her husband passed away. She's probably living on Social Security or welfare or whatever. It says she was poor. These other people are just putting in out of their overabundance. But she's scraping together her money. And Jesus said that she put in more than all of the others. Our giving should be sacrificial. It should hurt a little bit. You know, when I say that it's fun and I love to give, it's true. But if you're not at the point where you sense that God's telling you to give something, and it's kind of like, well, what? <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's prob- I'm probably, I'm probably not hearing right. Eric and I do it. We do this little litmus test between us where we will always ask each other, like if we go, you know, to somewhere and they're asking for an offering or whatever, um, we will both pray about it and then come together and agree what we believe the amount is. And I know I've shared this story with you guys before, but this, this is one of those, those life stories that absolutely changed my whole perspective. This was back when we lived in the Bay Area and we had just purchased a home, put everything into it. It was a miracle that we could even get into a house. We had purchased a home, and all we had left to live on for the next month was $500. That included groceries for a family of six, gas, telephone bill, all, all of these things. We had $500 to live on for, for an entire month. And we went to this conference, and Pastor Jack, who is a, a beloved teacher in our denomination, um, he was speaking. And... He was talking about these orphanages in Cambodia. And he, he's a prefacer, so he was prefacing, 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 talking about he was going to ask us to give to this. And he kept talking and talking and talking. But one of the things that he said was, he said, I want you to pray 
and ask the Lord to give you an amount. And so he took a moment and we all prayed. Eric and I prayed. We're both like, okay. We're thinking, okay, we have $500 in our account. So 10% of that, 10% is a good place to start. So we thought, well, we'll give 10%, 50 bucks. Thinking that's kind of a stretch, really. Because we were already like, how are we going to get through this month? So then after we prayed, Pastor Jack said, now I'm not trying to, uh, what was the word he used? I can't remember. He, he said something like, I'm not trying to betray you or deceive you, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is asking you to move that decimal point over one to the right. As I've mentioned before, math's not my favorite, but I could figure that out. (laughs) And so Eric and I just kind of looked at each other and we went, okay, all right. So we wrote a check. Let me say, we were cheerful, (laughs) but we were scared. I mean, it wasn't just about us. It was, we had four little kids at home. And, and no other expected income, as far as we knew. So we wrote the check. Please don't hear me saying this like, oh, aren't we incredible? That's not what this is about. This is to bring glory to God, because this is really about his faithfulness and his generosity to us. So we wrote this check. This was in the end of April. Somehow we got through that month. I don't even remember how. But two months later, my dad called out of the blue and said, you know, your aunt, your great aunt Martha passed away and she left a little bit of an inheritance and so I just wanted to share some of that with you. So he, he sent me this check for $500. Now fast forward. Six months later, Eric's company got hostily taken over which means that they, they buy out all your stock. Well, he had 1,000 shares at $2 a piece, and the stock went up to $67 a share. So we just got $65,000 out of the blue. And I know immediately when we got that money, the Lord said, it is directly tied to your decision to give it all to me. Again, please don't, misunderstand what I'm saying. We are not about name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and, you know, about, you know, give a hundred volt or whatever. I don't know. You know, the, the people on TV that try to get you to give and they say that if you plant this seed, then you're going to get a hundred fold. And I'm thinking, why don't they do that? Why don't they plant some seeds and get a hundred fold? Anyway, that's another math thing. But, but honestly, the Lord is so Faithful, and I know that I know that there are those of you in this room that can say you can tell stories of God blowing you away, and knowing that it is directly tied to obeying Him, and listening to Him, and trusting Him, and not holding on and not hoarding it, like this little widow in this story. She gave it all. She gave everything she had. One of the things that we can do to be generous is to have a generous face. And what this means, you know, your face is, isn't it interesting? Have you ever thought about this? Your face indicates what's going on in your heart oftentimes. You know, all the little emojis, 
Think about how many emojis there are on your, little, on your phone. All the little emojis, but the thing is that when we walk around in this world and we want to let our light shine, we have got to remind ourselves to open our faces to people and look into their eyes and smile at them and be warm to them, to be generous with our face, with our emotions. Proverbs 15, 13 says, A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. All the days of the evil are afflicted, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Proverbs 17, 22, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. This good medicine, this is only mentioned once, in the Old Testament, but it's talking about something that brings healing, something that cures, something that promotes health. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Did you know that it is possible for people to die of bitterness? That, that they have done studies, not that they know everything because the Bible knows more than they do, but they've done all these studies that prove that having bitterness and resentment can zap your strength and cause all kinds of health problems. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. I wanted to read you this uh, Facebook post from Glenn Burris, who is, who is the president of our denomination. We're, by the way, if anybody ever asks you, we are interdenominational. Four square, we are the Adventure Foursquare Church, but we are interdenominational, which means that we're Christians. We believe in the Bible. We believe in the cross. We believe, we, we believe the basic tenets of Christianity, but we also are open to relationship with other Christians, other churches. We're not exclusive. Does that make sense? We're interdenominational. Okay. So um, our president, Glenn Burris, he lives a lifestyle of generosity. He is one of the godliest human beings I've ever met in my life. He just, I, I won't say that he glows, but he's always, he's always got this look on his face where he is interested in you and he is happy to see you and he is just so generous. And he said on Facebook, he said, I encountered a man sitting on a bench outside a restaurant today. I had to leave a board meeting to do an interview, and so I had missed lunch. This man was dressed nicely and had a backpack on, but I sensed that something was wrong. I went into the restaurant, and then I came back out. I reluctantly asked him if he needed help. I specifically framed it in a way that included, I don't want to embarrass you. He was a big guy with lots of bulging muscles, so I kind of kept my distance. <clears throat> he looked up. And he began to cry. Apparently he had just lost his job and he was trying to make sense of everything. He said, I am so embarrassed because I've never been in this place before. So I had just come from a bank ATM and I opened up my wallet and I gave him all the money that I had extracted. This man began to sob. How could you have known? I have had no greater joy in my life than to see someone trapped by life circumstances but be able to play a small part in helping them find their way 
toward the freedom that they so desperately want and need. Psalm 31:16. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Psalm 4:6. Let your face smile on us, Lord. Psalm 119:135. Smile on me, your servant. Teach me the right way to live. You know when you walk into a room and someone turns their face away? That communicates so much, doesn't it? When someone just won't even look at you. We're called to have hearts of openness and faces that, that represent that to be a light in this world. Proverbs 15.30, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news gives health to the bones. There again, health to the bones. So we are called to live a generous lifestyle. Philippians 4.8, can you read this out loud with me, please? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And Luke 6.37, don't judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Every single time I, I talk to you, I want to bring you back to the importance of living a life free of unforgiveness. Do you know that that autocorrect doesn't even validate the word unforgiveness? But how many of us have seen the devastation that it brings to our own lives? I can tell you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God will protect you and he will cover you and he will take care of you if you forgive those who have offended you or who you think have offended you. There is no possible way we can live a life of freedom if we still have bitterness, if we still continue to rehearse in our minds the wrongs that people have done to us and self-justify People have sinned against you. Fact. But you cannot be set free unless you release them, unless you forgive. You're giving away that right to hold bitterness against them. Luke uh, 6.37, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So finally, I just want to say again that the way to freedom, the way to fulfillment, the way to discovering your purpose is to live a life of generosity, generous with our finances, generous with our hearts, generous with our emotions toward people, generous with forgiveness. So I just want to challenge you today because that's just kind of who I am. I just want to challenge you, if there are any of these areas where the Holy Spirit has brought you any, a little, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yep, she's talking to me. Let's just bring that to the Lord now. I'm going to pray, 
And I'm just going to invite you to just do some business with your maker. And I just want to ask you to take it a step further to confess it out loud to someone. To say, you know what, I know that I have been stingy with my money. Or I know that I haven't been bringing in my first fruits to the storehouse of the Lord. Or I know that I've been holding bitterness against someone. So let's just pray together, okay? Why don't you stand before the Lord? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are so generous. Lord, that you spared not your only son, Lord, but that you gave him freely so that we could walk in relationship with you, Lord, that we could be free, free to be generous, free to emulate who you are, Lord, free to give without holding back, without being greedy, without being stingy. Lord, I just come before you, Lord. We all come before you now. We just humble our hearts, Lord, and we ask, God, that you would continue to teach us, continue to conform us into the image of your Son, Lord. Make us more like you, Lord. We come to you, God. We confess that we've been stingy. Lord, we've been fearful and insecure and judgmental and self-righteous and greedy and all these things, Lord. We can, we can confess that to you. Lord, we've withheld our, our hearts from others, Lord, through our bitterness, through our unforgiveness, Lord. This morning we release these people to you, Lord. We release those who have hurt us, those who have wronged us. Lord, we confess that we haven't been sacrificial in giving away everything, Lord. We haven't been like that little widow. Lord, and we just come before you and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your compassion and your grace for us, Lord. We ask that you would continue to challenge us, Lord, to give sacrificially. And I thank you, Lord, because I know that your promise is that you will demonstrate your faithfulness to us. Stretch us, Lord. Pour out your spirit on us. And give us peace, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.